So there's a really inappropriate video that uh, we found uh, first year of dental school. And it's a infomercial that's got like a dub, like it's dubbed over the top of. Um, mm -hmm. And it's called uh, Sticky Buddy. And we were in an appointment the other day and I forgot. I mean, so this is what, seven years ago now that we found and watched this video. And it was me and a, a bunch of the classmates, um, a bunch of our classmates that, that watched it. We were in an appointment the other day and I can't remember what it was, but there's a, there's a point in the, or what we were doing, but there's a point in the video where uh, it's got like this. Isn't it like, like a lint remover? It's like one of those yeah. fucking roller things. Yeah, but it's like washable and reusable and it doesn't have the stupid paper pad things on it. And there's a point in there where they're like rolling it across something and it's like, <laughs> it's like the fingers are <laughs> like coming off the surface. And we were in an appointment and I think my assistant made that noise or I made that noise or something. I was like, I got to show you this video. Ah, didn't see you there. Me and my buddy here have been expecting you. My sticky buddy, Sully here with the... Oh, excuse me, I've got some pussy hair on me. Check that shit out. It's a sticky roller designed to clean up any mess. Poodles, pussies, people, you name it. Use it as a back scratcher. You can rinse it off, dry it off, jerk it off. I don't care what you do with it or where the hair even came from. Silks, suede's... Swag. <laughs> Ladies, I don't care how smelly or hairy your carpets are. My rubber fingers get in there deep. Just rinse it off for a nice beverage. Wipe it off. <laughs> oh, there we are. So it's like all the patients are gone out of the office. And normally we'll like sit there and everyone will sit there and talk for a few minutes before everyone heads, heads home. I was like, oh my gosh, I told you I was going to show you that video. And so like my whole staff is gathered around. The video is so inappropriate. It's like got a person, it's got like an old lady with a, a cat on her lap. And it's like, I don't give a shit how hairy your pussy is. And I'm like, oh my God, like I was just mortified. Do all kinds of shit with it. Aren't you tired of ripping your hair out because you're trying to drive and the kids are making a fucking mess? You'll be making so much money, it pays itself off. Ooh, precious food. Thanks, buddy. Everybody has an evil cat or an annoying dog. Use it to groom them or even yourself. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Wow. It was just like, this is what a sexual harassment lawsuit is. Like me uh. showing. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, it's like, they're like, he was like, you're just throwing your money away. And there's like a bunch of quarters and they're like, rolls up a bunch of quarters and he's like, stop throwing your money away. What the fuck are you doing? And so that's like one of our sayings in the office now. They're like, the fuck are you doing? Normally a shticky is $20, but a sticky buddy is only $10.99. You'll also get a cover. You gotta use protection. Even if it's a quickie, wrap that sticky. Stop rolling up your money with those old lint rollers. The fuck is wrong with you? Now get out of my house. Isn't that right, Mr. Wuss Wuss? I also work in a small town and PC isn't really a thing, so. <laughs> Hello, Paul. Hey, what's up, dude? Out, you're Arizona? I am in Arizona, yes, sir. Yeah, how's the implant course?
Uh, it was good. Today was a lot of information. Mostly, luckily, mostly all of it was review uh, for me, but um, still, you know, eight hours of lecture mm-hmm. uh, on a Monday is a is a hard hard day, but uh, all really good stuff. So I am at the implant pathway fast track course uh, in Tempe right now. And nice. really well put together. Um, everyone's super knowledgeable. Really, really excited for the rest of the week. So we have three days of lecture. And then Thursday and Friday is uh, nothing but implant placements. And he said that he expects us to place between uh, like 200 and 280 implants uh, for the class on Thursday and Friday. Uh, uh, for the total, of uh, uh, the whole class. The total, I was total. like, holy fuck dude like that you're gonna place 280 implants no, in no, days. but there's 15 people in the class so um damn yeah that's i can't do that math in my head but yeah that's, that's awesome now yeah, is it all like, like single tooth stuff or are you doing stuff for for dentures like uh so there there's quite a few from he didn't really talk about it too much but uh a lot of singles i think and there's the chance for quite a few immediates and then Friday morning is all, he said there's some like all on four stuff and oh, nice. denture stuff. And so, you know, I, I think it's a lot like the, the class that you took. Yeah, uh, and, and it sounds a lot like it. And it's funny too, because we had, uh, well, we did like, you know, 100 hours of like classroom video CE first. But and then on the course, we had Monday was just like you said, it was eight straight hours of like kind of review and going over stuff. And then we did a like a little demo with the implant motors we we're going to be using and then like some suture practice. So like we went from, I think, seven in the morning to like 930 at night on the first day. It was fucking nuts. And then every other day you show up, you review your case, place an implant. If there's still time in clinic, they'll actually call in another person. You can do a second case. And that was the rest of the week. I think I placed something like 32 or something, something over four days. So it was, it was pretty solid. Yeah. I'd be happy if, if I got to do 15, I think that that would be adequate, but you know what, honestly, like even if I only got to place 10, but I got to graft. Yeah. On five, like that's where my skills are really lacking is on just reps with membranes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we did talk about a lot of material stuff today that that I thought was really good and is really going to improve my my game. That's just simple tweaks to how I do things now. Mm-hmm. But if any of the seven people that listen to this uh, are interested <laughs> in, in getting implant CE, uh, pathways are really so far i mean is is really i think is 100 percent worth it for your investment yeah well two things number one we just passed 300 unique listeners so slightly more than seven yeah um i don't know what my second thing was fuck you that's my second thing Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and i guess i will plug i did uh my course at the foundry in birmingham alabama which was a fantastic course and they offer like an advanced program that i'm looking into, I don't know if I'll have time to do it this year, but maybe next year where you go uh, one weekend a month over the whole year, but they teach you sinus lifting and uh, ridge splitting and, you know, a lot of stuff that I, I don't necessarily know that I, I want to do in my practice, but I want to do while an oral surgeon is like holding my hand a little bit. Yeah. Well, some I, personal enrichment. 
I just think it's cool to like have that knowledge because when you refer something to the oral surgeon, it's kind of cool to like be able to explain to the patient what they're going to go mm -hmm. through and, you know, like how, I don't know, just have a broader depth of knowledge. I feel like having a broader depth of knowledge on that kind of stuff makes your simple single implants that you do on a daily basis that much easier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, it's nice to like, when you do and you get through like a really hard, difficult case, even if you're never going to do one that hard again, it makes all the cases that aren't that hard. It's like, I have more confidence in this. I, I managed to get my way through this sinus lift or this whatever. And it's like now, you know, a bread and butter implant into some nice, good bone, you know, pre-grafted site, whatever, <clears throat> just, uh, just makes it more predictable. Yeah. Makes you makes your blood pressure not so crazy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we like that. So exciting! Someone we got two people that hit our Gmail account. So I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna read some listener mail for the first time ever. Ooh, listener mail. This one's really cool. So Paul and Ryan really enjoy the podcast. Well, thank you very much. I bought a practice in Texas the beginning of this year. It's nice to know that there are other dentists slash owners out there figuring it out as they go. Keep up the great work, Adam. Uh, badass, Adam. Congratulations. It's, uh, it's really exciting kind of, you know, bridging that gap, getting over being, you know, a dentist working for someone else to a dentist working for yourself. Granted, a lot more headache. So uh, we're, we're glad that us struggling through it, uh, you know, is helping you out. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and, you know, kind of like Paul said, good for you. I mean, it's, it's hard enough to make that jump. Uh, there's a, a guy in, in uh, the class down here with me that I was talking to at dinner tonight that is like, you know, I know I can do it. And I hate where I'm at, but I'm just scared to take that jump. So, mm -hmm. you know, having the having the balls to take that jump is, is awesome. I'm, I'm glad that you did it. And if you need any help with stuff we can't help you with, feel free to let us know and we'd be happy to share the wrong idea with you. <laughs> uh, I always like that, uh, that quote about, oh, I didn't, you know, learn how to, or I didn't, man, I'm going to edit this because I'm fucking it up. But <laughs> the thing about the light bulb where he's like, well, I found first, I didn't create the light bulb. I created a uh, hundred different ways to not create the light bulb. And I think that's a lot of what ownership is, just making all the mistakes once so, so you don't have to make them every day. Or if you're dumb like me, you make them a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I say once, but I really mean like three times. Yeah. Well, so I got to we uh, we've been going through a lot of changes in in our office recent or over the last year. I mean, not recently, but in the past couple of months, we've gotten really serious about selling all the old stuff and kind of, you know, really cleaning up. So we sold a crap ton of stuff on eBay. Thank you if any of you bought it. Um, but I got really excited because I like reorganized our burrs because when I took over the practice, there was 47 million burrs for 47 million different reasons. And, you know, I think we talked about this before. I only use like five, but I went yeah, to home. And you got the marble harvesting burr and all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah. So, and I've got like these 
47 millimeter long round burrs and I have no idea what you would ever possibly use one for, but that's something I have. So I went to Home Depot and I got one of those like nut and bolt organizers and I organized mm-hmm. it. I got all excited about it. And my office manager looked at me and she said, we had one of those when you started here and you took it apart because you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, really? She was like, yeah, we definitely did. It was like a blue and had a little bit of yellow or something on it or purple or something. And I was like, I 100% don't remember that. Like if I did that, then, oh, well, but I don't remember ever having that in this office. That's so funny. I'm I'm pretty sure I did the same thing. Cause I remember there was like a, like a, it was exactly, it was a nut and bolt organizer. It was something, some birds were in it. And I like, was like, yeah, these should all be in sterile. And I like moved it. And then later on, I definitely bought one to to have in the room. So it's just like, oh, if I run out of a burr, I want to just grab one right here. I will say, I don't know if, because you, the class that you took are the implants that you place in your office, right? Uh, say that again. What do you mean? Oh, the, the class that you took uses the same system that you use in your office, right? Well, uh, yes, but not like... Um, it wasn't that I was using that and I went to this class. I went to the class and there was a couple different implant motors I could buy, but I bought the the one in the kit and I got a good deal on it. That was the one I used in the class. Gotcha. So it was kind of like, I like this. I, I did 30 implants with this. This is what I'm going to buy because I'm already comfortable with it. What are, what are you placing? That's the Osseo set 3000 for those that give a fuck. Yeah. What are you placing, Paul? uh no bells no bell so there this class is so i place neodent um okay and this class is really big on bio horizons oh yeah, um, yeah getting to play with a different system is really cool um i will say that the neodent system is very simple and easy and i and i got really biased because i learned it from someone who had tried every different system and this is the one that he places and he teaches classes and all that shout, shout out to Clark Brinton. But I was like playing with this kit today and just on the type of dance, I was like, man, this is so, this is not intuitive. And even like listening to him talk about it, he was like, you use this drill set if you're placing this implant, you use this one if you're placing this size. And it was like, why didn't, why, like, why? Why is it designed? And I'm sure that there's a very good reason for biomechanics and physics and all of that, that there's been a lot of research has gone into by BioHorizons, but just seemed very confusing and it yeah, I, doesn't need to be. It's already hard enough to get this right. Exactly. It's like all my stuff. I want just kind of one systemized protocol for every single time I do it. Otherwise it gets confusing and that's how you make mistakes. Well, I was like placing it on the type of dot and like, oh crap, do I use this bird? Do I use this bird? Cause there's like thin little lines and I was yeah, and the reps are like, what do you place? And I was like, I place Neodent. And they're like, oh, we're going to get you to switch. And I'm like, yeah. I don't. <laughs> sure you are. I'm, <laughs> I also, I, I'm very lucky, and I get a really good deal on my implants. So I was like, what do nice you guys me. charge? And they told me, and I was like, yeah, uh, good luck. <laughs> and they were like, well, what do you what do you pay? And I told them, and they're like, oh. They were like, I was like, so, and you guys are going to charge me for all my prosthetic parts and all my you know healing caps and all that stuff and they were like well yeah and i was like i get all those for free right now and they were like wait what (laughs) yeah one of one of the things do you have any kind of like buyback 
with uh, with your system. So like if I'm going to place like, I don't know, an implant and I'm going to put it in and I open it and I'm like, oh no, I want to place a deeper one. So I don't place it or I'm about to place it and drop it on the floor or something, you know, for some reason I opened it and it's no longer sterile and I'm not going to place it. I can actually send it back and they'll give, they'll send me a new one. Yeah. They'll which I find super cool. Um, which is super cool. And then also when I took over this practice, coincidentally enough, uh, BioHorizons is what the, you know, it's implant direct, but it's a BioHorizons implant is what they were replacing. And they did a implant swap for me. So I had 32 implants, uh, or I actually had like 60 implants and 28 of them were expired. So I had 32 <laughs> unexpired implants. So um, I bought 32 and they uh, swapped the other 32 for me. So I got 64 implants for the price of 32. That's badass. Super, super great value for everyone, right? Because I'm gonna obviously keep buying their implants. So, cause I really like the product. Um, now, do they have uh, like bone and membranes uh -huh. and stuff too? Or? Yeah, it's all, it's all, I mean, so Neodent is a Strawman subsidiary. Oh, okay, um, okay. So it's all, basically Strauman stuff branded as Neodent. Um, okay, and I, that, that makes made, sense, but yeah. They're made in like Brazil or something like that. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I like, and I know most implants are, it's like, you know, it's like, you, I'm doing the Nobel stuff right now. I might actually end up switching to Strauman, but it's like, so Nobel has kind of their their bone product and their, you know, their membrane. So it's like when you're looking at their like CE or doing anything with them, it's like you're using the same materials. It just makes it really easy to, transition from you know a, a type of don or a surgical course on a live patient back to the office when you have all the same stuff yeah and i i think that's you know like i said i got spoiled on someone who had been had placed thousands of implants teaching me you know doing all the research for me so i i think it's nice to get a different some different exposure and like appreciate more what I was taught. And it, it was really cool today, like going through basic implant placement and steps and flap design and all that stuff and looking at it and going, okay, cool. I am doing this right. Yeah. Like getting someone else's perspective and someone that teaches a lot, they've taught 800 doctors, not including my class, how to do this. Nice. Um, and like just the, like, okay, you know, this is the this is the correct way. Not that I doubted it, but you know, you have some failures and you have stuff that doesn't go right or doesn't go ideal, I guess mm -hmm. I should say. And you start to like, you know, have that confidence factor. I do think it's interesting the different like there are different nuances. With Neodent, you know, I was taught that you want to be one to two millimeters subcrestal. And with the BioHorizons, they have the laser lock technology, which um, they have research to, to back and claim that um, you actually will get soft tissue attachment to the implant itself. So they're like, you definitely want to be equicrestal or like half a millimeter subcrestal. So it's just like a different, it's a slightly different approach to get the same result, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, the first time when I was doing my coursework, we were talking about, I, I forget which Nobel brand, but it was like the Replace or something like that. And they're like, oh, you know, millimeter subcrestal. 
And then when I went to the course, we were placing like the active and I like, oh, it has this gold collar. So if you're, you know, Echo Quest Crestal or even like slightly, you know, Super Crestal, like you're still going to be okay. So it just seems like as the implant technology gets better and better, it's just like, man, you stick part of that fucking thing in bone and you're going to have some kind of good result. Yeah. It was really funny. Um, one of the things that they brought up today was like, have you like the implant that you place that doesn't go the way you want it to will integrate 100% of the time (laughs) off angulation or you, you know, did whatever and it's not where you want it to be. It's off on a 45 degree angle mesodistal like that, that implant will integrate 100% of the time, but that one you get like you hit the button. Perfect will fail. It's so true. Like, uh, I've had a couple that, you know, you talk, we're talking about, you know, in relation to the crest right now and what I've been going back and doing, like every time I, I'm about to finish, I'm like, no, take a PA. And then I look at it. I'm like, no, I'm going to put this down slightly further. Cause my first several implants didn't put them deep enough. You know, yeah. this was a little, it's, it was almost like when you start doing crowns and you never reduce the occlusion enough. <laughs> right. It was like, nope, I didn't put it in far enough. Didn't put it in far enough. And man, all those little fuckers are rock solid. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. So our other email, which I love this, I'm, but I'm also, I'm really excited to read you this email because it's, it's going to test a theory I have. Oh God. And it says, Hey guys, my favorite part of the cast is the crazy music at the end. What the <laughs> hell are those songs and where can I find them? Can you start introducing them? So Ryan, do you listen to the podcast and do you hear the crazy music I put at the end? Um, I am very much on the um, D from Always Sunny um, mentality. I listened to the first couple <laughs> and then honestly, I haven't listened to one since. I, I figured. Um, so in a in doing the editing, because one of the things that I have to do is I have to go through the whole thing a couple times and I'll cut out uh, areas where we sound really stupid or when one of us pauses for a long time or coughs or goes, uh, you know, so I listen to this thing like a couple times in a row and I'm doing all this cleanup and I'll get stuck on humming something in my head during it or we said something that reminds me of a song. So starting at like our third episode or something, I just started throwing like putting the song in at the end just for just for the fuck of it and i i have a really bizarre taste in music however as as we talked about in our first episode like we sort of borrow heavily from the format of a podcast called working interferences which uh, we both really like and they end with a song and they talk about it so i don't really want to start talking about the music nor do i want to start picking it until I do the editing. But what I will do is I will start putting that in the show notes, whatever the fuck song it is. So if you really want to I think that was going to be my suggestion was to put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. I just, I was like, I, I can't wait to read this because I know Ryan's going to say like, oh, you put weird ass music at the end. I never know. <laughs> don't listen to it either. <laughs> Each week we learn someone else doesn't listen to our podcast that's on it. Um, I, but I think for, uh, for catch up's sake, uh, the first time I did it was on the Oscar thing. Cause I thought it would be funny to, uh, do a Chris Rock song and a Will Smith song and then not talk about either of them. So did you see that, uh, Chris Rock movie? It was a mockumentary called CB4 about a fictional uh, rap group. No, 
you should you should seek it out. So that song is called Sweat from My Balls. <laughs> and the, the Will Smith song is You Saw My Blinker Bitch. <laughs> On Ian's episode, we played uh, Bales of Cocaine by the Reverend Horton Heat. Why wouldn't On you? the first time we thought we were going to have Craig on, we played uh, the Irish drinking song Johnny Michael Do, uh, but then Craig wasn't on. When Craig was actually on, we played the Richard Cheese version of Enter Sandman <laughs> and uh, the Star Wars episode where we talked about Star Wars. I played the bad rip, lip reading uh, Seagull Stop It Now sung by Yoda. So there you go. You're all caught up. You can you can download any of those you want. <laughs> Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying the episode thus far. Please reach out to us at Off the Cuss Paul or Off the Cuss Ryan at gmail.com and check us out on our Facebook page. How uh how's nursery building going? Uh I am almost done. Um nice. so did I tell you the painting conundrum story? Uh you didn't tell me the conundrum. You told me about you were doing the painting. Oh, um so couple weeks ago we're out at uh getting a beer with some of our friends and one of our friends showed up in this like sage green um like sweater thing and Uh julia looked in and she was like oh my gosh i love that color (laughs) i want you to just ripped it off of her this is my swatch now i want you to paint one of the color or one of the walls in the nursery that color I was like, okay, fine. And we had like some other touch-up spots to do. And so I go home. It's like Sunday. We went and got the paint. She decided there was a bunch of other stuff she wanted me to do around the house. So I like, did that stuff. And I started painting the accent wall in the nursery at like 5 o'clock on Sunday night. <laughs> and so I'm typically like being a dentist, we're pretty sure-handed, right? So I didn't tape anything. I didn't put any drop cloths down. I literally just painted this wall. She was like, oh, my God, that looks so good. I was like, perfect. That's what I wanted to hear. So there's, like, some other spots on the wall where we had a guy before we moved in. We had a handyman come in and patch all these spots. So they needed to be sanded and painted. So I sanded them, and I painted them because I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about paint. You put it on a wall, and it changes the color. So... (laughs) For those of you that don't know, if you do that and you just paint, that spot on the wall will show up shiny, and the rest of the wall will be the same less shiny that it is. I literally get done, and she goes, those spots are shiny. I don't like it. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and so my dad is a carpenter by trade and a finish worker. And so she was like, well, j- you just need to paint the whole room. And so I called my dad and he was like, no, dude, if you paint the room, you're going to make it worse. Those spots are still going to be shiny because there's an extra layer of fresh paint on them. So you need to sand it down. You need to primer and then just paint those spots wherever you sand it and it'll turn out the same. And I was like, okay, perfect. That sounds great. That's going to save me a ton of work. So I got out my, my palm sander and I sanded these spots and I primered them and I'm getting ready to, paint those spots and she comes in and she goes no and so this is on a tuesday after she I got liked work. the shiny so it's like 7 30 and she goes no ryan my issue is that that wall is shiny because it's got new paint and the other walls and the ceiling aren't shiny 
So oh. if you make those match, then that wall is still going to be shiny. So you still need to paint the whole room. So it's like seven o'clock and I was like, I'm just going to get this done. So I like, she was like, well, what time are you going to come to bed? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to work till midnight and see how far I get. She was like, you have to work tomorrow. You can't paint until midnight. And I was like, I'm going to paint until midnight. You're like, fucking watch me. Yeah. And so I got the entire room done and cleaned up at 1145. Damn. Nice. I just cruised through it. And I thought it was so badass for getting it done. And I was so fucking tired the next day. I could hardly oh, get out of bed. <laughs> so that's all painted Saturday before. So I flew down here. Uh, so we're recording this on Monday. So I flew down to Arizona on Sunday. Saturday, I literally put together dressers and the cribs already put together. I put together dressers and a bookshelf and uh, another little cube book thingy, bookshelf thingy. Um, and it literally took me like all day, but all of the furniture is put together. I got the light switch switched out. So all we have to do nice. is change the, the light in the room now. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a definitely been a process. Yeah. We're, we're a little bit behind you. We're still selecting the room that is going to be the nursery with, we think we have it figured out, but you know, we won't, well, yeah. we won't get to painting it until we <laughs> make that decision for sure. For sure. Your house has like forty-seven rooms in it, so no, it's, our house is really fucking big, but it but it has just giant rooms, so we don't have uh, a lot of them. So it's like we have to we don't have like a like a just a weird room like we had in Hillsboro where we just put random shit from Goodwill in it, called it the cat's room. Like <laughs> I remember that room. Yeah, <laughs> these was always we have, uh, yeah we have like a library that we think we're gonna. Uh, not have be a library so, anymore so wait are you guys are, are you telling people now is this gonna get edited oh out? yeah 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 i got yeah so caitlin's pregnant we're waiting anxiously to find out the sex of the baby i'm so excited for you guys what are you guys hoping it is uh i'm honestly at a point i just hope it's human like i don't care yeah. caitlin caitlin really wants a girl i sure. think having a girl uh, would be sweet. Like I just picture myself having the girl from the movie Signs. It's like there's a monster outside my window. Can I have a glass of water? Like that's probably gonna would be my child. <laughs> I was gonna say also, you know, hoping that it's human is good because you could like have a little alien or predator. Yeah, I'd still be down. Whatever. I guess human is like <laughs> I don't even care that much. Have I, have I told you what's going on with our our chickens and or our, our ducks? You you texted me that something was murdering your ducks, but then you were you were busy and and I never got the rest of the story. Did yeah. You? So with the uh, with the whole like baby thing, like I've definitely like I've gotten into like this really super like I'm like protectory. I'm running around the house and I'm like this like switch doesn't have a cover. I should put a cover on it now. You know, like just random stuff and and things like that and got rid of the cube and got something that's actually like an adult car. But while all this is going on, um, we had one of our little ducks that I rescued from the fucking meth lab, uh, get killed. And it was very sad. And I was like, okay, that sucks. What could have killed my duck? And I kind of decided it was either a raccoon or an owl. So I put up some motion lights and I, uh, put some tree spikes on the tree that's kind of near them. And then 
nothing happened. And then the next day, and this is when we were supposed to podcast, uh, another duck was brutally murdered. And I was like, Brian, when I get home, I'm going to skirt all like 100 feet of fence around this enclosure. So I'm not going to have any time. So while you were painting or whatever, pulling an all-nighter, I was like from 8 to 10.30, like on my hands and knees, pounding fucking wire fencing into the ground and we haven't had any ducks die since then but i've been actively trying to capture the raccoon or whatever that i think is out there so i have all these traps set well last night i went out to fucking check on them and i turned the corner near my shop and i see something like some you know large creature and i like I'm like oh shit i'm gonna run at it and it like jumps into this trash can that's near my shop that doesn't have a lid and i'm like oh shit what do i do now like i don't want to go get a lid because it'll jump out so i like called caitlin i'm like caitlin get out here i I, like captured the raccoon and i need your help and uh she comes out and i put i have her watch the trash can i go get a lid and i shove this lid on top of the trash can and then i got a bunch of (laughs) fucking tie downs from my truck and like strap the shit out of the trash can because i didn't know what to do with it (laughs) and she's like what the fuck are you doing and i was like uh i don't know like maybe i like cut a hole in it and fill it with water or something like i don't i don't know (laughs) i'm gonna drown it yeah so drown it make a hat so i like drag the (laughs) trash can over a little bit and it is so fucking light and i'm like hmm now I, I'm wondering, like, did I really capture a raccoon? Did it jump out when I'm not looking? So I'm like shaking the trash can a little and then leaving it there, listening. And I was like, nope, there's something in it. But it seems too light. So I'm like, fuck. So I unstrap it and I lift up the thing. And I stick my phone in just a little bit and I take pictures. And whatever's in there is like rooted down underneath the trash. So I just see like some grayish fur. I'm like, God damn it. I don't know what's in here. So we take off the lid and I get a stick and I'm poking around and there's a baby possum. What? And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't want to kill a baby possum. Like they eat like 5,000 ticks a year. Like I need them. So I had to go like release it and everything. Cause it's obviously not big enough, nor possums don't really kill ducks. And if they do kill ducks, they wouldn't kill large ducks. And especially in the fashion that these were killed. But that was my excitement from last night was fucking trying to get this possum. And then definitely when I saw it, I was like, should I pick it up and take it in my bathroom, take a selfie like Ian's friend? Uh, Dude, possums are so freaking cool. They they are. They're like my favorite animal. I had uh, a a high school friend that we were in college and he... um, he was driving down the road and there was a, a mama possum that had got run over. There was a baby next to it. So he like stopped and like picked up this baby possum mm-hmm. and we had it for like a month before we released it, like bottle fed it and did all the things so that it would survive. Yeah, yeah. And that thing was like, you would scare it and it would like fall over. But when that thing wanted to run away from you, there was no way on earth you could catch it. It was so freaking fast and slimy and slithery and weird and so ugly, but just such a cool, cool animal. They're they're kind of like a pug dog. I mean, they're just so ugly, but they're also kind of adorable. Um, yeah. You want to know how how like crazy in the boondocks redneck area that I went to elementary school? Second grade... We had a class pet. That pet was a possum. <laughs> just didn't know where 
Yeah. Welcome yeah. to Southern Oregon, bitches. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I remember, I just remember like, cause like the teacher would tell us like weird possum facts, like all the time. So I, I remember all this shit about possums, like they're uh, North America's only marsupial and they have the shortest gestation period, which is like two weeks, which is fucking nuts really? to think about. No. That's because, you know, their womb is basically like a pouch. So after yeah. they like, you know, have the baby, it still stays in their pouch for fucking a long time after that. But yeah, they're are not. They, are they like kangaroos and whatever the other marsupials are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, is pretty it much the, as far as birthing and stuff. Yeah, exactly like kangaroos. Is it the, because don't the male kangaroos, aren't they the ones that care for the babies? Or is that um, just? <laughs> I mean, the female, it's in the female's pouch. So I mean, oh. like, yeah, I don't, I don't, the, I, I just said male, I know all this stuff about possums. I don't really know about the, the possum but, father's role in the upbringing but, of the, the baby no, possum. No. Don't the male kangaroos have pouches too? I don't. I'm really bad at animals. That don't have <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but I do. I do think uh, that baby possums are are still called joeys, just like uh, kangaroos or oh. babies right. are called joeys. I, so it's funny. I you know early in my career, I I was really big on we have to get this done now. You know the patients in the chair, they're you know not going to no show for this appointment and i've really and i you know we all go through cycles but i i think i'm really backing off of that from yeah you know if this doesn't get done now it's never gonna get done because they're never going to come back but like these are patients that have been in my practice for um way longer than i have and like the work's going to get done so it's just pushing production further into the future like i still try and get everything done i can get done in a day and try and do as much same day treatment as I can, but it's, it's a, it's becoming a different mentality. And I don't know if I'm, I actually care about my patients now or what, but yeah, it's, I still like, there's some there's people that I like, if I I'm like, this is the only time I'm ever going to see this person. I need to do this now. Cause otherwise I run the risk of like giving them antibiotics and they never come in to get the root canal or, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, I'd just rather do the yeah, preventative treatment. Um, but if it's stuff where it's like we have like a bunch of steps that we're going to do, and it seems like they're all on in on board for everything, it's just like let's just schedule this out. So I'm not, you know, trying to do between like six things. That way, I can give them, you know, my full attention. Versus like, all right, I'm going to run in here really quick, stab you with a needle, run out, come back in, pull your tooth out, and then run away. Like yeah. that's that works for some people, but. You know, if I'm doing a whole thing, I'd rather do the whole song and dance. Well, and there's some, and there's some treatment you don't want to do that with. Like, you know, we, we've talked about, I do a lot of endo in my office, mm-hmm. um, or as they call it down here, uh, preparation for a future implant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I did my first endo through a crown. So I think Ooh. I've done, I did the math. I think I've done like 200 root canals uh, with the majority of those being uh in the last year and that's awesome um yeah i I finally i finally ripped the band-aid off and did one through through a crown the other day which was not as bad as i uh as i anticipated to be i thought i was going to be be terrible yeah i've done it twice but each time i did 
like it was a gold crown that the person had already like worn a hole through and I could like stick my Explorer directly into their pulp. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like the easiest through a crown endo you could do. Like I didn't even have to drill the crown. Um, yeah. I'm still too, too nervous to do like the real one. I, this was like a 20 year old PFM and he had an asymptomatic lesion he didn't even know about. Mm. And, um, I told him, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to send you to, to Ben to get this done. And he was like, I'm not driving to Ben. You're going to do it. And I was like, I don't do endo through grounds. And he was like, well, you're going to learn. And I was like, um, okay, well, I guess I'll do this endo for you, but you're going to have to be really patient with me and you're going to have to like be okay with this not getting done in one appointment. And then we had it done in like an hour and a half. And he was like, that was the best dental experience ever. And I was like, oh, whatever, dude. <laughs> nice. I love when sometimes you have the right patient that like will push you on something. I think my first biopsy was like that. I was just like, oh, you got to go to an oral surgeon. They're like, well, can't you do it? It's like, no, scary. <laughs> they're yeah. like, oh, all right. And then they like went to the oral surgeon. They're like, oh, they're booked out for a long time. It was too expensive. So you have to do it. It's like, uh, Okay, I guess. And it went fine. So like that broma or something. I had a patient talk me into wisdom <laughs> the other day that I'm gonna I'm gonna regret. It oh, nice. they impacted? No, they're not. They're showing, but he's like in his late twenties, and they're just roots are more formed than what I want. Oh, gotcha. But they like need to come out because the I was like, I'll take the top two out for you. And he's like, well, if you're going to take the top two out, you may as well just take the bottom two out too. And I was like, but those are hard and scary. I like the cut of his jibber jabber though. Like that's, that's the way to do it. Uh, take out the top ones first. Gives you more space for taking out the bottoms. Gotcha. But he was like, thank you for the tip. But he was like, he was like, yeah, if you're going to take out the top two, you'll just take out the bottom two. And I, and I told him, I looked at him, I was like, but those are, but those are hard and scary. And I don't like hard and scary. <laughs> and he was like, you can do it doc. And I was like, okay i'll do it for you <laughs> and i just know that i'm gonna start taking them out and be like these are fucking terrible you know what I, what i find about wisdom teeth a lot of times especially when i started doing them it's the ones that look at the x-ray and i'm like oh my god these are going to be hard and scary and uh you find them you put the elevator on they fly out it's the yeah. ones that i'm like oh this looks straightforward and easy those are the ones that always fuck me did i tell you about the uh, four-rooted number one I took out the other day. No. Oh, yeah. Out of four-rooted number one on a 55-year-old Hispanic male with no other molars in the quadrant, and number one was an occlusion. Ugh. What were you taking it out for? Uh, gigantic decay. Gotcha. Um, and it was, it was one of the... I like, I like to think I'm getting pretty good at extractions. Mm -hmm. um, it was terrible. I like sectioned it. I didn't know there was four roots. I thought there, I thought there was three with the palatal bifurcated. And so I like cut it down the middle and then the buckle broke off. But when the buckle broke off, it just like left a shell in the museal buckle root. Sure. Um, and it was, it was terrible. He was super nice, but yeah, it was, it was at that moment where I was like, oh, there's people that actually don't take teeth out. <laughs> this is why. 
Did you uh, crack off the whole tuberosity? No, I actually haven't done that yet. Then I would say you did a good job. Yeah. It went fine. It just, you know, it was one of those surprises where you get into it and you're like, this is not what I anticipated this being. And I've got four other things I need to be doing right now because this is a number one that should have just fallen out on its own. Yeah. And it's always like the first couple of times I've ran into like three or four rooted like first molars on the bottom. Um, and I didn't notice it on the x-ray. It's like, oh, my God, what is happening here? Yeah, why am I doing this? Why? Why? Why is there? I'm sectioning it, but there's no furcation. There's a, oh, look. a furcation? What the fuck? Why is there a furcation <laughs> over here? Ah! <laughs> oh, look. When I luxated, it moves. But then... I put a force up on it and it don't move no more. <laughs> you just like keep sticking your hand out and the assistant hands you a different thing. You're like, all right, I'll, I'll get with this for a while. No, give me, give me something. <laughs> it's always a bad sign because most of the time, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, hand me the 23, hand me the Ronnie. Let me get the reverse curve. I need a crier, you know, like whatever. Sometimes I just stick my hand out. I'm like, yeah. And they just give me something. I'm like, all right, fuck with yeah, this we'll for give a while. A like, I'm just like buying myself time. <laughs> oh, so super cool. So I didn't realize this. Um, Justin Moody, the the guy that uh, runs Implant Pathway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's baller. The same guy that does dental implants and worms or whatever that podcast uh -huh, is. Uh -huh. Yeah, and he oh, was out. Uh, Implants and worms. Yeah, and he came out and did uh, an implant course for us when we were in ASDA out at uh, Brandon's meeting at uh, Creighton. You, and he, he's so the, the, the room that our lecture is in, right next door is our recording studio. All right. So I almost took a picture of it today and sent it to you, but I, I didn't want to be that guy, even though no one was around me and no one would have known. Yeah. Um, All right. I'm going to, just for this cast, because I've been trying to put put content on our Facebook page. Here is here is my here's my recording studio. Look at this. Ooh, I'll send you this. Um, I can send you a picture of my recording studio. For yeah, me. do it, and I'll put put both of them up. Um, so I he said today when we were in lecture, he was like, "Yeah, we got the recording studio next door. So if there's anything that you guys want to talk about, like." We can hop over for a few minutes and record something if you guys want. So, like, instantly I popped into my brain, like, how do I get off the cusp on dental implants and worms? Because, you know, they have a, a lot bigger following than, yeah. than our, our seven people. So, can can you help me come up with some something to talk about on that so that I can I can go shout us out over there? Uh, you should just be like, hey, me and my buddy are fucking budding podcasters. <laughs> Show us, show us your wisdom, Jay Moods. We shouted you out on <laughs> our cast. Jay Moody, he's the shit. Implant um, pathways. Implants and worms. Yeah, I, I thought that was, I like instantly popped in my head. Like, I need to tell him that we, we, we are these lowly humans that do a podcast, but also, I don't know. <laughs> that was about where my, where my uh, brain path stopped this morning as well. I tried to because there was a on the the funny shit group. Someone had posted because like Lance hadn't put up an episode in a while. Like they're like they're about to we're about to go on a road trip and there's no uh, new episode of Working Interferences. What are 
what should I listen to? And I was like, my time is now. I was like, hey, me and my friend do this cast. Check it out. <laughs> so we did get a few listeners off of that. But um, I will say I'm actually getting back into working interferences again. It uh, it got different for a minute, and I wasn't sure. I'm like, ah, it's different. It's not the same. I don't know how to feel anymore. And now I really like it. I'm like, actually, this is this is great. I need I need people that just get angry and and yell about the stupidity of people in the dental industry and patients and stuff like that. So it makes me happy. So yeah. Lance Holly, good job. Thank you. I, I need to start listening again. I've been really bad about I've been into my twin dab podcasts and that's been consuming and that and the twenty modules for this class. So I've been really bad about uh about catching up, but um I just I just miss Josh and I miss his ortho rants about how stupid yeah. ortho is in school and and I just I just miss that and so I hope that I hope Josh is doing well. It seems like he's doing a lot of speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Julia and I were talking about uh, the podcast and we were, we were talking about how someone said that we we're trying to rip off rip them off, but. I, you know, I honestly think that, what is it? Mm, mimicry is the... Imitation is the, the severest form yeah, of flattery or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, kudos to them and, and the formula that we're ripping off from them, but I don't remember where I was going with that. Yep. It, it's gone. <laughs> no, but I think definitely when we started, because, I mean, we would, we've kind of talked about it and we didn't really have a format or didn't know what... Uh, we were doing so we really kind of modeled there i think we've come into our own a little bit more yeah like i have I we're definitely starting to like when i'm editing it's like oh this is the kind of format of the show like i put something here do that and i do want to yeah. kind of what our plan is now is you know we're going to have uh an episode where we just kind of talk about whatever update you on the paul and ryan express here and then we will have a guest on the following podcast and kind of go back and forth that way yeah I, and so, I think that's, uh, speaking of, good segue, tell us about our next guest, Ryan. Uh, our next guest is Thomas Grass, isn't it? It is. Yeah, the one and only, the the enigma is Tommy G. So Thomas uh, bought a practice right out of school. He's in a suburb of Portland called Gresham. He's, he's just rocking it. He's, you know, kind of ever since dental school, Tom was always the person that I was a little bit jealous of because... You know, he is a very, very in, intelligent person and he, it never seemed like he had to try that hard, but he always, you know, knew the answer to everything. And, you know, if you, if you had a question, um, you just had to wait a minute in class because Tom would an- ask it or answer it. And then, and then answer it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like he knew you were thinking that question and you would raise your hand and ask him and answer it. But he's, he's done some really cool stuff with, uh, he bought a practice and then he kind of uh, bought some other practices and rolled them into his and merged them. And just a, a really smart human. I'm excited to see. Uh, I don't know what we're talking with him about, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to kind of he has a big thing. He's into mentorship. And he wants to kind of the same philosophy we have. It's like we sort of want to help students a little bit. We want to help new dentists a little bit. So he's going to kind of talk about some different stuff with that. He is also a reptile expert. Our second reptile expert that we have on the show is Ian's a reptile <laughs> expert too. Ian's uh, a so fruit. Might, and reptiles and fruit. Yeah, Thomas's reptiles and amphibians. Yeah. And grass, um, I guess. Yeah, on the mentorship train, like 
that was definitely something I was always jealous of because I've always always wanted to be a mentor, but I have a very forgettable face, so people don't memorize me very well uh, <laughs> or or reach out to me. So I'm always like, hey, reach out to me if you need, and then people don't because, you know, whatever. But Thomas has always got that mentorship role, and he was really big at Portland State University and, and all that. So um, definitely someone that I look up to. I'm very, very lucky to, to call my friend much like much like you, Paul, getting all sentimental. Must, must be at the end of my beer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just a, he's, he's a great human. All right, so tell you what. We're going to do a Reddit question, and then uh, we can catch up on, on the pop culture really fast. Sounds so good. this guy finally bit the bullet, paid $400 for a night guard from his dentist, but then left it in a glass of hydrogen peroxide for several days. Um, doesn't work if you're not wearing it, dude. And well, now it's that. orange. And he wonders if there's a way to get it not orange anymore. Uh, yeah, pay four hundred dollars for a new one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so one of the things, because night guards fucking stain and they get gross. Like they get like a yellow fungusy looking color, and that's just what they look like after a while. Um, you can get them made in different colors. So a lot of times, I just ask people like, "Hey, what color do you want your night guard?" And they say like blue or fucking red or whatever we just make it that color and then you know stain isn't really as noticeable so you just kind of did it the roundabout way you made it orange yourself do you guys make them in your office paul uh, i used to um because i had a lab tech that really liked doing them but my current lab tech doesn't really like doing them so we send them out um so when covid happened and there was all that there was a whole bunch of issues with supplies and and stuff like that. Um, they, the lab I was using in Portland couldn't get the clear. Mm. So, and this patient like desperately needed a night guard. And so I called the patient. I was like, Hey, they can't get it in clear. You can get it in, I don't remember it was pink or green or something like that. Or the two colors they have in stock. And they're like, I don't care. I just need this. You just get it made for me. And I was like, all right, fine. So I think her name was Karen. So I had a made in pink, of course. <laughs> and she came in and we delivered it and she was so pissed. Like, this is supposed to be clear and you made it in some stupid color. And I was like, well, yeah, but I was like, who sees it? She's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, where are you wearing your night guard to that it matters that it's pink? She's like, well, I just wear it to bed. And I was like, okay, so does color matter? And she was like, well, no, but I want to. You look, you called Karen a racist. You're like, (laughs) the color is offensive. The color is offensive. We're in Portland. The color's offensive. Um, so anyways, we ended up waiting like six months until they had clear back in stock and making her clear one for free. So, oh, so, she so got- you should have just had them mix the pink and green together. Make brown. Clear. Yeah, make clear. <laughs> that's that's how you get clear. Pink and green. I remember the color wheel. Around. That RG, RGB? Is that RGB? Spectrum? Yeah, Roy G. Biv. Roy G. Biv. That's right. Yeah, that's the pink green equals clear. Yeah. Uh, so... In between painting and uh, nurseries and building furnitures and going to implant pathways, have you consumed any media recently? Um, I'm getting caught up on Better Call Saul. I don't know if I've mentioned that one, but yeah, I'm, boy, I'm, new episode out tonight, mid-season finale. I am not. I am a season behind because I'm watching on Netflix. Oh, so I'm on season okay, five. I'll, I'll shut my whore mouth about what's going on. Great show. I love that uh, show. Yeah, it's a good show. Um, I feel like there's a whole bunch of stuff I want to watch, but like nothing I really have time for. I mean, I'm always, I've always got 
Always Sunny in Philadelphia or um, Schitt's Creek or something playing in the background. But as far as new stuff, yeah, we haven't really been watching a whole lot. Honestly, by the time I get off work and get home and get dinner made or Julia gets dinner made and we eat, like normally she's ready to go to bed. And my new show watching kind of, we would like to watch stuff together. So I haven't really been watching a whole lot. Well, Caitlin likes to watch a lot of murder, just like forensic files and killer couples. And so she's a typical wife. Yeah, pr- pretty much. I've, I always feel like she's getting ideas on how to kill me. So uh, there is a, a show, a documentary that we'd watched a while back called um, The Staircase. And now on HBO Max, they're making like a live action dramatization of it uh, with like Colin Firth and some people in it, and it's really good. So we've been watching that every week. Netflix came out with a, a series on The Lincoln Lawyer. Did you ever see that Matthew McConaughey movie? I just saw it pop up today on my new stuff or trending stuff, but I haven't actually watched it yet. Yeah, so McConaughey was in a movie It's based on a book um, like in, I think, late 90s, early 2000s or whatever. Um, but this is a series that's like same characters, but it would take, would take place before that movie. Um, and it was really good. We, we burned through that pretty quick. So those are kind of the, the crimey things we've watched. I did make time was to it? go see the Doctor Strange movie. I took my mom for Mother's Day. So that was how I managed to see it. Was the Lincoln lawyer, was that like, was it a long thing or was it like like a mini series or what? Uh, the new It's a Netflix series. I think it was nine episodes. They're like an hour long. So I mean, kind of a normalish length. Not something I can watch on a plane flight from Phoenix to Redmond. No. I mean, if you watch it on... 50 times speed, maybe. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you'll get out of it, but... So, uh, we... Uh, I really want to move to block scheduling. <laughs> and so, I pulled up a video on YouTube that was like an intro to block scheduling, and I was showing it to my treatment coordinator, and my office manager walked up, and she didn't know we were watching. She just heard this person talking at the speed of light, and she just looks at me, and she goes... Are you watching a video that has a person on crack in it? <laughs> and I was like, no, but out of context, I can understand how that uh, that fits. Do you Did remember you... the the micro machines guy? Micro machines? Yeah, it was like they were like these little tiny Hot Wheel cars, but the guy that did the commercials was. Like he had the world record for being able to speak the fastest. So it would just be these really crazy fast talking commercials. No. Okay. Well, it's a thing, Ryan. I don't know what to say now. We need to come up with uh, like a sign off. Hmm. You know, we always say, I don't know, bye or something at the end. But stay fresh. Up with something. Yeah, we can't. Stay yeah, like, stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should either. Catchphrase sign off. Nerds. Okay, there we go. That's it. That's how we're ending. <laughs>
no more fucks to give My fucks have runneth dry I've tried to go fuck shopping But there's no fucks left to buy I've no more fucks to give No more fucks I've tried to get I'm over my fuck budget And I'm now in fucking debt Strive to get everything done I've played by all the rules But I've very rarely won I've smiled, I've charmed, I've wooed And laughed, alas, to no avail I've run round like a moron To unequivocally fail I've no more fucks to give My fuck fuse has just blown I've been hunting for my fucks all day But they've upped and fucked off home I've no more fucks to give, my fuck rations are depleted I've rallied my fuck army but it's been fucking defeated The effort has just not been worth the time or the expense I've exhausted all my energy for minimal recompense The distinct lack of acknowledgement has now Spent. 